Welcome in Wednesday live chat for this week's Shriners Children's Open being played at TPC Summerlin. This next hour is your time. What do you want to talk about? You want to go over ownership? Okay, we can do that. You want to deep dive some golfers? Fine. You want to run some custom models? Whatever you want. We'll use my site, rickrungood.com to get the job done. Hit the like button, please. Thank you very much. And uh, start dropping your questions in the chat right now. We'll go through as many of them as possible. Also, I've said it a million times. If you have not heard it to this point yet, uh, you're crazy. I'll be out there all week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you see me, say hello. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Here we go. Jared says, thanks for all that you do. Do you have any stats on optimal ownership construction over the course of a season, i.e. to 20%, two tens, two sub tens, or generally just aggregate? Uh, Jared, I have this data, but I do not have it handy in a way for me to be able to give you that answer on the spot. So maybe that's like an off-season project for me. I'll take a note on that. DFS Chef says, smash the like button. That's smart. Looking over the prices this week, it seems like several golfers are mispriced. Can you go over where you stand on some of them this week? Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were going to provide the players. Uh, I can, I can provide some players that I think are mispriced. Okay. So this is the cheat sheet. Um, I think the, the first name that popped into my brain was uh, Seamus Power. Right, he's he's right here. He's seventy six hundred dollars. I do not think that he is uh, worse than Adam Hadwin and Keith Mitchell and even Maverick McNeely. I think he should be like eighty four hundred dollars, something like that. Um, that was the first name that jumped into my mind. There is probably another one. Um, well, let me look at some of the top end guys. If you moved up. JT Poston to $9,000, I don't think anyone would have said a word, right? JT Poston was uh, in on an excellent run, five consecutive top 35s. Then he missed the cut before that, and he won the start before that, coming off a missed cut where he just had his bachelor party. Like, I can forgive JT Poston for last week. If he was $700 more expensive, I don't think anybody, anybody would be all that surprised. So those are two that I think are in the wrong direction uh, in terms of being too low. In terms of being too high... I mean, it's the highest price we've seen on Aaron Wise since when? Uh, I think it's the second highest price he's ever had. If we go to Aaron Wise's fantasy tab here on um, his golfer profile, he was 10200 in 2019 in Bermuda, and he was 9900 at the Mayakoba in 2018. That's it. So he's 9900 again this week. It's the second most expensive he's ever been. Just feels pretty stiff to me. Uh, I like Aaron Wise. I like him a lot, but I don't know how you have him this high. That that seems a bit aggressive to me. Denver Timmy says, I'm in a 57-person one-and-done-for swing season only. What would your strategy be? I'm in 36th place. Um, Sungji or Cantlay, right? I mean, if you're only playing the swing season, you got to take your opportunity to get the guys at the top of the board. Uh, I imagine Patrick, I imagine they're both going to be pretty popular, but um, I think those are your options. Can't lay Sungjae if you're feeling really frisky. You want to go to Homa, although if you've already used Homa, although I would know, I would want to know how many already used Homa. If it was a lot that used them at the Fortinet, which it probably was, I could convince myself Homa would be a good option. But it, it just, it just 100 has to be one of those three. Rick, need your thoughts on Kitayama? Yeah, so it's this is in regards to a um, a core play. So when you're do, when you're doing a core play, uh, like Dave asked for, you're you you really kind of need to be confident because this is a golfer that's going to be in a lot of your lineups. Um, I, I I find it hard to believe there's going to be a lot of better options for the price. I mean, he's very cheap, so it, it gives you an opportunity to be quite flexible. If you look at what he has done recently, uh, and specifically in his last start in Italy, where he gains 12 strokes in the ball striking category, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for anything more than that. And it's not like he played in Italy last week, and now he's flying back. This was mid-September, so it's been three weeks, able to get back, get back on schedule. He's at home now in Las Vegas. Like This, this feels like a really, really good spot for him. If we want to pull up his Shriners data, we can do that. Uh, it's not good Two missed cuts, but that was 2019 and 2016, which I don't know how much we can glean off of that. And he lost less than two strokes to the field in both of them. So I'm not super concerned about it. He's obviously a much different golfer now. Uh, Dave also says he got his first Travis Matthew hat Bushwood country club. Um, yeah, the, the, they're the only company that I've seen that does the flex fit snapbacks 
which I'm not a fan of snapbacks in general for most companies. I love the flex fit, but they put it together and actually made a really good one. I, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, first class punter says, I'll listen in the morning. What young players that are in the six K to low seven K and often under owned. Do you think have the most potential to move to the top tier or two of golf in a year or two time? Wow. There are a lot of caveats there. Uh, so I guess basically guys that I would buy stock on in the low six to like low six or six K to seven, low seven K range. Um, Austin Eckert is $6,800, someone that uh, comes from the Oklahoma State pipeline, someone that took him a year to kind of get his feet underneath him on the corn ferry, earns his card. He's someone that I'd be, I'd be pretty excited about. Um, who else? You know, you know, Chris Goddard, right? Haskins winner, which is the best college player uh, coming out of Oklahoma. Bombs it like crazy. Does not get enough credit for the second shots that he hits. Obviously, just an unreal, talented player, but I don't think he has status anywhere this year. He's here on a sponsor's exemption, which is going to make it hard for him to get a lot of reps. He might have he might have Canadian tour status. I'd have to look into that. So it's a little bit harder for Goddard because he's going to lack on the reps. Other than that, um, I mean, those are the two that that mostly stand out to me. It, it, that's a that's a fun conversation to have where I've got time to do a little bit of. Um, you know, thinking instead of just being asked that on the spot, but we'll go to Kat's question here. Can we get a, get a deep dive on James Hahn? Um, the good news for Hahn is that he's gained a ton of strokes off the tee uh, recently, or I should say he's consistently gaining off the tee. The, uh, the problem with that is like, it's not a huge separator at TPC Summerlin, but he has gained six, four and a half and 6.3 strokes on approach in three of his last five. He's giving it all away in the short game. So the way that this translates to, to TPC Summerlin is as follows. Um, that, that second shot stuff, phenomenal. You're going to need it. You're absolutely going to excel. It's one of the most highly correlated stats of success every week. Also going to work very well at this place. Um, you can get hot with the putter. That's fine. My only concern here, he is historically bad around the greens. And this is a golf course that gives you some tricky, awkward spots around greens. We have seen guys lose a lot of strokes around these greens. And that's really, you know, the, the defense is one wind, which is probably not going to be any this week. And the other defense is these short game areas. And if you hit a ton of greens, you never have to worry about them. So I, I worry that we see a similar scenario with James Hahn, who has shown he is capable of gaining seven strokes ball striking and finishing 51st, which is what he did in Napa. Think about that. Seven strokes ball striking, you finished 51st. That's nearly criminal. So even when he gets a huge um, ceiling ball striking week. It does not always turn into a good finish. So I would be worried about that. Um, if we go to a golf course where we can get some, and, and I'll be honest, this is a better stat profile for James Hahn than I was expecting to show up here. What I think we could do for Han is keep him in the back of our mind. When we get to a golf course where um, you get a lot more straightforward uh, pitching and chipping spots, maybe with some thicker grass around there, that might be a better spot for, for James Hahn. Who are the best lag putters in this field? Uh, okay. Go to the Holy Grail. Go to stats. What we're looking for is called approach putting. Uh, approach putt performance. Here it is. Cantlay 1, Grayson Sig, Mark Hubbard, Robert Streb, Ryan Armour are all tied uh, for second. Then you get Alex Noren. You get a bunch of guys, right? So all these guys are next. Alex Noren, Brian Hoffman, Charlie, or Brian Harmon, Charlie Hoffman, Chris Kirk, Dylan Fratelli, James Hahn. Kevin Streelman, Kevin Tway, Matt Kuchar, Peter Malnati, Russell Knox, Troy Merritt, Tyler Dunkett, and Vince Willie. So you can go through that list uh, on your own because there's a lot of guys that get that get tied there. Hank Hill says, GPP question. Do you think an outside-of-the-box way to get unique is to pair M with Cantlay? I know both ownerships are high, uh, but most will probably want to start, won't start lineups. Leaves you a 28K. So 28K for four golfers which is $7,100 each, and then you can spend $7,200 on someone. I would really, really like this. If you could get, um, you guys are, someone, someone's going to put this lineup in, but if you could get, what would it leave you if you went Sungjae, Cantlay, Sheamus, Kitayama, Neesmith? Would that leave you? You'd, you'd probably have to go very low in the 6Ks. Could you then get, um, 
like Ben Griffin at sixty two hundred dollars? Could you do that? Or if you if you want the if you want the Vegas narrative, even though he's not playing very well, Doug Gim is here. Um, that would be kind of interesting because the seven Ks are pretty ripe with with solid golfers. I just don't know if we've created enough calories uh, salary cap space there. Uh, Mark asks about the inevitable uh, weather discussion. And okay, there's a couple of weather questions here and then an updated model. So Mark says, let's get the updated or the inevitable weather question out of the way. We'll do that. Dave says, is Vegas similar to Phoenix um, in that this time of year, high winds can just come up at any time. And then Brock says, I know it's dry out there, but how does humidity play once it heats up? Okay, so uh, let's go through the weather situation. There, There is not... A, a, a wave advantage as of right now, right? So, so we're looking at this Thursday, Friday, not a breath of wind, four to seven miles an hour, basically all day long. Temps are going to be the same, absolutely pristine. TPC Summerlin itself, it's almost, I don't want to say it's shielded, but it, it very, like if there are other places that are windy around TPC Summerlin, it, it doesn't feel as windy there. Um, now if it's super windy at TPC Summerlin, it's super windy everywhere. And yes, they can kind of come out of nowhere, but we have not seen, like, it has been very, very nice. No winds here that I can remember of note that I would be all that concerned about, especially around TPC Summerlin. Uh, the other thing in regards to humidity, don't worry about it. There is none. Las Vegas is literally, uh, you can look this up the least humid city in the country. Go look it up. It's the least it's, it's, you don't do not worry about humidity there. It is not going to be anything. And then an updated model. Okay. So this is the model at rickrungood.com. Um, let's go with something a little bit more recent. We are getting some guys who have played two events. So let's go like 20 rounds and let us go with, um, I need approach play. So let's go 25 on approach 10 on putting. And then 10 on uh, bent grass. Oh, why is this not loading? Stand by. I just pushed an update like five. There we go. Okay, it is loading. Okay. Um, if you ever get that situation where it's like thinking, just click reset it. Like it's because I just pushed an update to it. Okay. So 20 rounds. Sorry, let me start this over again. 20 rounds, 25 off the tee, 10 on, no, 25 on approach. Jeez, oh boy. I'm all over the place. 10 on strokes gain putting, 10 on bent grass. Okay. Then what we will do is I want you to be at least a little deft around the green so that you don't lose a lot of shots there. Um, and then I would prefer, if anything, a little bit of distance. Let's put five there. So I still have, I still have 40 left. Uh, so let's go 25 on fantasy points gained, which leaves us with 15. And just put the, the other 15 on... Um, on the par fives, which you absolutely must destroy. Do it like that. Where am I leaving two off? There we go. Okay. My number one golfer in this model, Patrick Cantlay, which if I go, if I think about going back to Monday, uh, Patrick Cantlay was probably number one there too. Cam Davis, number two, Steven Yeager, three, Sung J four, Justin Lauer makes an appearance. Emiliano Grillo, Thomas Dietrich, Taylor Pedro, Tom Kim, Dean Burmeester. It's not bad. 11 is uh, Taylor Montgomery and 13 is James Hahn. We just talked about him. So there are some interesting other models you can run around here. Um, this model that I just ran, very close to, to putting out a new, a new custom model that I hope you guys are all going to like. Biggest update in Rick Run Good history. Very soon, hopefully. I've been testing it. Okay, first round leader thoughts. So two things to me. Um, when you have a, a golfer or two that are... So short. So, so let's call it Patrick Cantlay, who's seven to one. Last time I looked at his um, first round leader number, it was like 14 to one. So I like, I would rather bet Patrick Cantlay at 14 to one to be the first round leader than seven to one to win this whole thing. Um, he's still one of the best first round golfers that we have. He can still pop. If he's going to win, he's likely to play well early in the event. I just would rather have that for twice the odds. But if you're looking for other guys, so these are historic golfers uh, going back to 2021 in the opening round. Taylor Montgomery often 
gets out to a good start. 2.23 strokes gains per round. Augusto Nunez, same thing. Popper in round ones. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Zichung Dao uh, has gained three or strokes or more in three of his last four first rounds. One of them was at the Sanderson Farms. So these are guys, like I know most people when they're looking at first round leader, they want like the 80 to 90 to 100 to one guys. They're trying to snap off and just hit it like once or twice a year, which listen, I get no problem with that. So um, there's a good, there's a good collection of names here. SH Kim too. And KH Lee. These guys can and look at what KH Lee can do. Plus six, plus 5.7, plus 4.5. Um, he can get out and make a, make a low score early. My model is showing Chesson Hadley this week. What are your thoughts on him considering? Yeah, so this is, so he goes back to, um, same thing as last week, right? So last week, the model loved approach and putting. This week, the model loves approach and putting and the eye test and the sniff test says approach and putting. Now, Chesson Hadley missed the cut last week, but he did it because he had uh, one of the worst putting weeks in a while. Right, that's his worst putting week since. Boy, I'm still scrolling. Oh boy, since this event in 2019. Oh, now I'm worried. Does he ever gain strokes putting here? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not worried anymore. Okay. So that's good. I was I was afraid I was going to come in here and see that he loses strokes every time he goes to TPC Summer. He gained five and a half strokes putting um, the last time he played it. So what you can assume is that this gets back. Right. That is the only the second time he's lost strokes putting in like his last ten starts. So I think you could buy buy back in on on um, Chess and Hadley here. Thoughts on Ricky Fowler as a good pivot? Okay. So let me tease something and answer this question at the same time. Every week, I write uh, a newsletter called The Run Good Rundown. I email it out every Wednesday morning, and it has just a bunch of like stat nuggets or trends or like stupid stuff that just never makes it anywhere else. So it has like last week's optimal lineup. Like, here it was. Okay, cool. Um, what I also did is I made the case for Ricky Fowler, which is not something that I have done recently, but here's here's the case to be made for Ricky. Um, gain strokes across the board in Napa, finished T6. He hasn't done that since the 2020 Arnold Palmer. Uh, ex- uh, the next thing has gained, he's never lost strokes putting in six trips to TPC Summerlin. The same grass that they just installed at TPC Summerlin is the same grass from Summit Club, which was basically the last time he contended his last 54 hole lead. Also, back with Butch Harmon, his academy is here. Um, I, I just think you, I think it's a lot of good vibes for Ricky, and I, I like him more this week than I like him for probably his next start. Hey, Rick, any insight of what's going on with Mito and Liv? Seems like there was an expectation. Um, so I chatted about this brief, briefly with someone. Maybe it was Andy on the Tuesday show. Yeah, there was an expectation he was going to go after the President's Cup. He didn't. Now I don't know what the expectation is, right? Why would he be waiting? Um, so I, I guess I'm under the impression, I've heard nothing one way or the other, that he's not going. So... No, I, I'm not going to be avoiding him in DFS or betting markets. I'm going to treat him like normal. I think if you go and look at um, like like last 100 rounds of everybody in this field, I'm pretty sure he's like the best ball striker in the field. Might be approach play. Uh, yeah, 100 rounds, best approach play. And I mean, these guys are not all... Uh, Vincent Norman's 100 rounds are not all PGA Tour rounds. Uh, Mito's the best ball striker in the field. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not avoiding him. Who's the biggest sleeper in this field? Asked Joe. So there's always two ways to um, to look at this. Does a sleeper mean a long shot, or does a sleeper mean someone who's flying under the radar? Uh, let's look at Kitayama's ownership real quick. Ten point five. That's not a sleeper. Um, I would say the guy who's flying under the radar the most is probably Alex Norin. I'm not super in love with him, but that's five and a half percent ownership in a range where everyone's going to play everyone else coming off of a runner up finish at the Alfred Dunhill links and a runner up finish a few starts before that at the Barracuda. Now I don't love the way he does it right. Very reliant on the short game. And I'm, I'm not in love with how that necessarily sets up uh for his first go around TPC Summerlin, but that I believe is the answer to your question. Alex Noren flying under the radar has two runner up finishes in his last five starts. Uh, including a pretty prestigious European tour event that had Rory McIlroy and Terrell Hatton and uh, a bunch of names I'm not even thinking of. 
right? So I think that's the answer to your question. Hey, Rick, uh, can you do a deep dive on KH Lee? I think you might be flying under the radar. There's that term. And we know he played, and we know from Craig Lanch, wow, Craig Ranch, he can go low and play well at the President's Cup. Yeah. So um, shout out to, to Sia Najad, who, you know, has named KH Lee uh tpc lee because he tends to just dominate the tpc courses and he does and his record on tpcs is really really good i'm not going to go through but if you go to the holy grail go to the courses and just select all the tpc courses you're, you'll you'll see that and he's been playing pretty well ball striking numbers are there he didn't play well at the tour championship but a lot of guys didn't um ask scott stallings ask camp smith i mean just a lot of guys didn't play well at the tour championship comes back out plays well enough at the president's cup now he's making his debut this season. Um, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty stout profile. And what I like about him is, you know, he's going to find a ceiling like once a year, right? I mean, he's kind of proved that just find the way to win seemingly once a year played here last year, finished T 14. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you gain strokes across the board. Um, Lee, fire him up. Giddy up. Let's go. Seems like the AK range is easy to skip over. I agree. Uh, I love the nines. I love the sevens. The eights are kind of wonky. Um, the, the ones that would be most interesting to me, JT Poston, as, as mentioned, can, can we just look at J remember? So these guys are human. Uh, JT Poston has his bachelor party, comes back and misses the cut at the Sanderson farms and missed it by losing three strokes putting, which is something he never does. And his stat profile longer term, which is more like approach play and putting sets up well here. And we can look and see what he's done in Vegas. Uh, it's not great, but he's got a T4, a T27, and he's missed the cut four other times. So kind of a mixed bag. I don't mind JT Poston. Not sprinting to get there, don't mind him. Outside of that, boy. I mean, Denny's been fine. Siwoo, if you want to ride that, if you want like a real volatile option, Siwoo's there. I, I will not have much exposure to the 8K range. I want to take a second to talk about Athletic Greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning. And I know what you're thinking, a green drink? Like, trust me, I've, I've tried all of them. And most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them, which is not great. Most smell horrible. I'll, I'll admit all of that. Uh, athletic Greens, for me, bucks that trend. It's smooth. There's there's no chunks. The smell is is just fine, and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when I take it at five thirty in the morning. It's legit seventy five high quality vitamins, probiotics, and adaptogens. So it's no surprise that I'm actually feeling better. And when I rattle off the benefits, it sounds like it's going to be really expensive. Uh, it's quite reasonable. It comes out to about three dollars a day, and I tell my wife all the time. There is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, Rick. Hey, Jared. I uh, hope you're having an excellent day thus far. You as well. Someone you've grown on and someone you've cooled on. I have probably... Um, I've probably grown on Tom Hoagie. Uh, I think I was kind of lukewarm and now I'm like a seven out of 10, seven and a half. I just love, I love the skill set. When he's going well, I love the skill set. I love the upside. He's had good results around here. He's also in kind of an awkward range where there's a lot of guys in the nine K range that, that people are going to want to play. And he's probably the sixth or seventh guy in that list. So I think I've certainly grown on him. Someone that I've cooled on, 
I will say, oh boy, that's a hard one. I'm not sure I have the answer to that. Um, this this hurts my heart, uh, Tom, Tom Kim. So I am a believer in Tom Kim. But for this week specifically, at $9,700 with a 24% projected ownership. And what do we know about Tom Kim? Like, I'm pretty sure he's the real deal. I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. But we've got less than a dozen PGA Tour starts last year in which when he snapped off and won, it was one of the most historic shot link performances ever. Um, going to a golf course he's never seen in competition, right? I, I just... And, and also, like, the pendulum has swung too far. He was great at the President's Cup. You would have thought he was 5-0. and oh. He was 2-3, and three, right? I just am I'm, I'm willing to let the craziness settle down on Tom Kim and be like a huge buyer moving forward. Given Cantlay's course history, do you think he has a free space in DFS lineups this week or a general rule of thumb to fade a guy over 30% ownership? There's no real answer to this question, unfortunately, Mike. Um, the... Last year has been very good to the chalk and has been very good to guys who are 30% owned or more. Um, I would rather play Patrick Cantlay in DFS than bet him outright, if that helps with anything. And also, I'm generally willing to, if I play Patrick Cantlay, get freaky in other places, right? And find five guys that are like single-digit ownership or something like that or build in a really weird way or leave $1,500 on the table. Like, I'm willing to do that. So... I don't think the rule of thumb to fade a 30% guy anymore. I don't think it makes as much sense anymore. Um, and I think we have enough of a sample size to consider that. How much do you consider course history versus pure skills from the first timers? I always prefer like recent form pure skills. So I would, I would like that. Grayson Sigmund playing pretty well worth any looks. Yeah. So he was, um, he was stout when I watched him on the on the uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, and you're starting to see him get into a little bit of a of a of a groove, right? It, he's had some struggles kind of out of the gate last season, and then of course uh, during the summer where he missed five cuts in a row. But a T nine at the Sanderson, a T fifty one at the Fortinet. My only concern is that top ten at the Fortinet was really really relying on the short game, right? Seven strokes in the positive side there. He does not gain from T to green as much as I would like him to, so. Um, I think his path to the top of the board is a little bit narrow, but I think there's guys that are more with more narrow paths. I've answered a couple of these. Um, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to pick out some ones. I haven't Charlie says, Rick, thanks for your time and energy. Any insights from your visit yesterday? Did you get to the driving range? I did. Uh, it, it's so hard to glean from the driving range, right? The guys that I saw out there looked comfortable, Nobody looked like they were super grinding. Seamus looked like he was in great spirits. Tom Kim looked like he was in great spirits. Um, I, I just, I didn't see anything that was like, oh boy, it's nuts. I always do think it's fairly interesting that, and this happens at every event, so it's not just this week, but you know, Tuesday, they've got all the Scotty Camerons out there and they've got all the putters out there, right? These guys who are tinkering with putters 48 hours from a tour start. I always, it happens every single week, but I always find that so interesting. Um, I thought the course looked like it was in great shape. I thought it looked, I thought it looked bouncy, which, which is kind of something that I've been uh, noodling over because when you lay new sod, when you lay new turf, it generally makes it very bouncy until it kind of like settles in and gets some play. And remember, this has not been played since they've done like this. It's not like they re-turfed this last year. And there's been a bunch of members out there. It's like this course has been shut down since April and no one's played it until now. Like, I think it's going to be really bouncy. And it, it, that's hard for me to judge um, with my eyeballs out there on a Tuesday. But I I thought it looked a little bouncy. So I think that that means, I, 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 if I were to guess, I think we'd have a little bit lower of a um, green and regulation number. I think some of the guys that are higher spin might be a little bit better. So that's, it's really hard to quantify, but I thought it looked a little bit, a little bit bouncy. So here's the Harry Hall situation. Um, Harry's a member at TPC Summit, plays out there all the time. He shot a 60 recreationally last year. Uh, he, he then went on to finish T8. Uh, Harry has not played well this season. Okay. He's lost 12 strokes from T to green 
in his first two starts and he's missed both cuts, but just three starts ago, he played well at the corn Ferry. This is a flyer. Okay. If you like, uh, course history and course knowledge for a guy who three starts ago showed you upside, Harry's your guy. If you look at 12 strokes gained from T to green in the negative over four rounds, Harry is not your guy. Okay, so you kind of have to decide this on your own. This is very much a flyer situation, but that's the deal with Harry Hall. The two props that I uh, circled most were as follows. Patrick Cantlay under 14 and a half greens in regulation in round number one. The reason for that being that um, so this course gets like a 70 percent green regulation rate, which would be. Uh, what's 70 times 18, 13 and a half, right? It's 0.7 times 18. Whoops. 0.7 times 18, 12 and a half. Sorry, 12 and a half. So that's the average 12 and a half. Uh, Cantlay has had elite finishes here without hitting a ton of greens. He's had elite finishes here while hitting a ton of greens, but it is not a prerequisite for him. So we are asking him to gain three or two and a half greens in regulation to the field in round one on bouncy boys, right? On the bouncy greens. That's that's my idea. And then Homa, uh, who goes out with, uh, God, it's Tom Kim and Siwoo off of 10 on Thursday morning, which I'm I'm likely to follow that group. So if you guys are going to be out there, I, th- I think it's 724. I, I plan on following this group around for at least a little bit. I want to see Max in action. I want to see Tom Kim and Siwoo, who knows what we're going to get. But I, I plan on following that group. There's a chance Max just doesn't play well at TPC Summerlin. I love Max. His game is great. He's getting better all the time. He's a horrible record around this place. He has shot 67, which is the number that needs to beat you on this, uh, once in like his 12 rounds here or something like that. It's just it's just not great. So that's what I went with. Uh, Homa over 68 round one. Can't lay less than 14 and a half greens in regulation. There's a link in the description if you want to go to prize picks and um, do that with me. It is a hundred dollar deposit bonus. You can use the code Rick, all that fun stuff. Thoughts on Kevin Yu. I wrote up Kevin Yu on Golf Digest this week, I believe, which is the only place I really write anything. Love the guys over at Golf Digest. So this is a very encouraging stat profile. Okay. So you get a guy who comes up from the corn ferry who has a very volatile record of two runner-up finishes, a third place finish, and a bunch of missed cuts. And he plays the Fortinet, and he gains uh, four strokes ball striking, but gives back six with the putter. Yikes. Then he makes the quick adjustment, gains five strokes ball striking, and is a zero putter at the Sanderson Farms. So that's a six-stroke difference with the flat stick over the course of one start. I love that. Uh, and that leads to a T19. So we are still learning what Kevin Yu is, but this is a short-term, very appealing stat profile um that gives me a that gives me that gives me some good feels yes do you think Cantley has a chip on his shoulder this week knowing Siwoo and Tom Kim are here no he does not care one single bit I can assure you can you do a deep dive on Putnam sure that would be Andrew Putnam I have not looked at Andrew Putnam what do we see uh very on brand, right? Very, very on brand for, for Putnam. Very good with the flat stick, as you can imagine. Very good around the greens. Okay on approach and not a very good driver. But how does he lose them with the driver? Loses them with distance. That's good, okay? So I don't think you need to drive it well here. Um, but the problem would be very wayward shots. That is when you end up in the desert. I know that from experience because I have lots of balls in that desert. That is where, uh, so if you're out there, hole number 10, 11, 12, I think it was 13, is where Sung Yul No found my Sung J in ball and then tweeted at him or Instagrammed it to him. So I I know, I know if you're wayward, your ball goes in the desert. Um, but distance is not super required here. 7,200 yards on the scorecard. 2,000 feet of altitude, plays very short. So this is a pretty good stat profile for a guy who loses off the tee, but it's probably not going to hurt him here, has been a positive approach player and very good on the short game. Okay, okay, Philly fingers. I can get behind some Andrew Putnam. Thank you for doing the one and done. I don't have friends like that playing fantasy golf, so it's fun having it. 
Would you play in a season-long fantasy league, Brendan? Would you? What? If, what, what let's get season-long fantasy going. Avoiding the 6K range? Nobody that stands out. Uh, I won't, don't necessarily agree with that. Let's look at the sixes. I'm going to cough here. Excuse me. Okay, sorry about that. Bo Hoster's been great at Summerlin. Uh, Chesson Hadley, we talked about. He's been great at Summerlin. If you want to buy skill sets, buy Ekro, buy Goddard up. Um, that's, that's, that might be it. <laughs> Kevin, you, we talked about Kevin, you Nah, we named plenty of guys in the six K range. I'm going to, I'm going to move us along here. Cause I'm like 30 minutes behind on questions. So I, I'm going to, the ones that I've answered or vaguely answered, I will move on. If you were to bet $100 on one guy each week to maximize ROI, who would it be? I'm thinking Cam Young, Taylor Montgomery, perhaps Aaron Wise, a real long shot. Okay. So. Uh, I can tell you from experience, you might not want to get into the Aaron Wise game. Um, I've if I if I won an Aaron Wise ticket this week, I wouldn't even be even on him. I think there's I think there's two answers here. Um, Colin Morikawa, who for the first time in his PGA Tour career didn't win in a season, is still going to be a prolific winner moving forward. And they let his odds slip. the The younger guy that I think is kind of interesting is Sahith. Right. Like, I think you're going to get a lot. I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's going to contend a lot. He would be kind of interesting and you'd get a lot better number on him. Do you have a general strategy for single entry tournaments? Uh, The chalk will be chalkier and leave some money on the table. I do not believe Grillo is risky at all. Right. Like, like what's like, first of all, you're two, two missed cuts in one and done. You've got like 40 weeks to go. I was in like dead last when we got to the open championship last week and or last year and, and routed it off. You're fine. Emiliano Grillo has not finished. So, so I'm obviously like a Grillo truther here, right? But there is really no evidence that he is not super solid. He has missed two cuts dating back to Mexico. That was in May. Since, since his last miscut the open championship, he's got no worse than a 31st place finish, a runner up, a T5, a runner up at the John Deere. He's putting well again. Like he might miss the cut this week and make me sound really stupid, but there is no evidence that Grillo is a dangerous play. Fire away. You're really convinced Seamus is back. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm convinced that this is a good week for him. Uh, Made a ton of birdies last week. Like a lot, like third most in the field, played the fives, the par fives at one over. What does Seamus Power normally do? Kills the par fives. So if he gets back to killing the par fives and he plugged three of the gaps in his game last week, he drove it well. His short game was stout. He's going back to a course he plays all the time. You know, he lives in Las Vegas, right? He moved here and he moved here in April of 2021. Uh, he is out at TPC Summerlin and TPC Las Vegas all the time. He's going to have a huge mark. My words, if you see it out there, you will see a bunch of uh, Irish flags and you're going to see a ton of people following around Seamus power. The fan, the fan club will be out there. Finished T21 last year. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced Sheamus is back. I'm convinced Sheamus is a good play this week. Uh, another question on Putnam, which is nice. He saw that. I guess the next wave. I would guess the next wave of lived affections are before their first event of next year, since they can't play the year-end event. Do minimum events played to get in? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But I. I. I'm not sure. I agree with you, John. I'm not sure that's a huge barrier, right? But I guess that is that is correct, that that is the most logical next time that people would go. Have you seen any practice rounds? And is there anything new about the course outside of the side? Sod? Rumors of possible widening of fairways in areas has made me ask. So I've spoke... The, the official word is that uh, no rest- no restructuring was done. Right, that is not um, no tee boxes, no lengthening. It was it was turf replacement. I can also tell you from being out there, I, I nothing looked widened to me, and the rough is not a like the rough is not a thing. There's 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 I, I've I've gotten some questions about like is does driving accuracy matter? No. I will maybe I'll drive over there this afternoon and like just like video like there's not the rough is not penal. It might be two inches and it's not a problem. Just don't be in the 
don't be in the desert. That's all. Don't be in the desert. Great Rick Run Good shirt. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of merch. Matt says, where can I get one? So go to rungoodstore.com. There's like a there's a lot of merch. There's um polos that are pretty nice. The shirts are very comfortable. Uh the hats, yeah. I should probably promote that more often. There is um there's actually one of my favorite shirts is that it just says shot one 300 yards to unknown, and it looks exactly like the shot track, like the shot tracker, like you'd read on the website. So good. Uh yeah, rungoodstore.com. Will you be playing TPC Summerlin in the next few weeks? Uh, that's the goal. Yeah, I'd like to be out there ASAP. Uh, they open it up, you know, the Monday after the event for like BS. Uh, hopefully as soon as possible within the next seven to 10 days would be my would be my hope. But I imagine, I mean, the course has been closed. I imagine a lot of people are chomping at the bit to get back on there. So um, it's probably going to be pretty busy. But yeah, I hope to hope to get out there pretty soon. Any favorite players that maybe not make the cut. So this is to miss the cut. Oh, how frisky do I want to get here? Um, I mean, the obvious frisky one is, is Max Homa, right? Because there's just a chance that whatever is going on at TPC Summerlin, he doesn't like, uh, I'm, I'm worried about Keith Mitchell. So Keith Mitchell's fairly expensive for a guy who has four missed cuts here. And his big strength is the driver that I do not think he is going to be rewarded with here. So I would be pretty worried about Keith. Um, I would need to see the odds on all of these, but tough to say. Phil asks, hey, Rick, any chance you will eventually incorporate some LPGA and champions data in the site? Phil, there is champion. I, uh, there is champions data in the site. Let's go to, uh, I don't know, uh, Ernie Els. There you go got to adjust the formatting but t2 third place finish at the sanford international t5 t6 t15 strokes gain i've got champions data um the six the six tours that are being covered right now with data are pga corn ferry champions asian tour live and dp world tour lpga is a little bit it's really hard to get that data they, they, I tried to apply and I tried to talk to the guy to get me a feed and I, they weren't ready to give it to me or wouldn't give it to me or something like that. I would love to, I would love to incorporate that. Um, but I don't, I do not have a timetable on that. There was a question about SH Kim. I don't know where the comment went, but, um, we know a little bit about him, right? The, the corn fairy stuff's pretty good. He's only got a couple of a couple of missed cuts in like his last twelve or fourteen starts and a bunch of really good finishes. The only thing we have on him from the Fortnet is that he lost three strokes on approach and gained seven and a half with the putter. That is generally unsustainable. Although I am keeping a very very close eye on him because we really don't know what he is yet. Um, but he's comfortable near the tops of leaderboards and playing on some weekends. So I'm 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 intrigued, but I don't I don't know enough about him to give an, an educational an edu- uh Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. When do we feel comfortable with Carl Yuan? Um, I'm pretty sure I did not like what I saw. Yeah. So this is two missed cuts now. And this is kind of the opposite of, who was it? Kevin Yu. Where Kevin Yu had this stat profile, right? Good ball striking, horrible putting, and he fixed it immediately. And that was exciting. This was losing 5.3 in Napa on the putting greens, losing another one and a half at Sanderson Farms, but also losing around the greens and also losing three and a half on approach. That is scary. Now, I will tell you, and what I've said, I, I said this in like a season preview thing, this dude is volatile, right? If you are looking for consistency, you are not getting it. Right? Look at look at this stretch on the Corn Ferry last season. This is from the start of the season. He went T3, missed cut. T2, missed cut. Win, missed cut. T7, missed cut. He alternated four top seven finishes with missed cuts on his first eight events of the season. And it didn't really get any more consistent after that. Runner up. Here was the end of the year. Runner up, cut, cut, fifth, cut. 14th, 5th, cut, cut. 
Like it's crazy. So um, I have a feeling he's going to be very, very difficult to figure out moving forward. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy this week. Um, I'm just not going to do that. With Davis Riley out, uh, so he withdrew. A good pivot at the eighty-five. What is a good pivot at eighty-five hundred dollars and down? So uh, again, I, I believe it's JT Poston. I'm showing him about five point nine uh, percent ownership for a guy who's outside of that missed cut last week has been very, very good and has had some good finishes around here. So that would probably be my my favorite one. The other one would probably be, I don't mind Denny so much, 9.3% ownership. I mean, I guess we could argue Mito, right? It hasn't been as good. If you just want raw talent, like Mito's definitely that dude. 6.6%, That's not bad. Blindly following you on Grillo and Power was thinking about adding one more outright. Any suggestions? Boy, how about... um, so who do you have? Grillo and Power. So you're probably what in the fifties? I think I think I got Grillo at fifty and Power at sixty six or something like that. So you could probably get a. I'll tell you what. Cam, I, I'm growing on Cam Davis as well. I I think there are better spots for him, but he's really good with the wedges. He's coming off that Presidents Cup. Great play, maybe a lot of confidence. He's got a bunch of top fifteen fin. I could. I could see Cam Davis winning this. I could, I really could. I really, really could. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, oh, so I missed a couple of these. Sorry. I got, I got a little distracted. Do you think Hubbard choked last Sunday? Do you think there is a flaw in final round performance or final round scoring average as being a clutch indicator? Uh, I don't think he choked. I mean, golf is hard, but the, the way that I would do a clutch indicator would be, um, if you're within X shots of the lead at some point in your round or going into the final round or something like that, are you like, what direction are you going in? And then compare that to your baseline. When I get a couple of months of time to do that, maybe I'll look into it, but that would be, um, that would be the one I'd be considering. Have you made any 2023 masters bets yet? No, uh, I have not. I actually don't think I have any futures right now. I think I'm pretty clean. Keeping it chill, keeping it cool. Rick, DP World Tour ownership on the roadmap for the site. All right. So while I have a couple minutes here, so let me just let me describe this and 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 bear with me because this is important stuff. Uh, I'm in the midst of making the the biggest changes and in investment to to Rick Run Good I ever have. So I've been teasing the the, the new custom model. Uh, we are in the testing phase of that, and hopefully at the end of that testing phase. So I am hoping if everything goes right. There will be a new custom model on rickrungood.com within the next, I don't even want to commit to this, two weeks, three weeks. I mean, it feels like we're pretty close, right? That, that's what it feels like. We got to make sure everything's all working fine. The goal is to make the website a lot more cohesive, right? Where one tool interacts with another tool, uh, which it doesn't really do right now. So while the data is great, it's not as cohesive. It's not as interactive. That That's changing. Um, the other thing is to be just the absolute best golf resource it can be. So that means implementing weather and tee times and showdown and European tour ownership, like Zach is asking about and having, giving you the, like anything that you want to do fantasy or betting wise with golf, there's going to be something for you. Like that's the goal. And we are taking the biggest leap possible in that direction here, uh, coming soon. So yeah, I, I really have a lot of high hopes for what like the next, the next year looks like Rick, we're all big Sungjae fans. What major you think, think up, think sets up best for him. So without knowing uh, too much about um, where we're going to go in Rochester, I mean, he's been great at Augusta, right? I know it's really, it's going to be hard to win, but it's a small field. He's been great there. I would like to see, I do think that some U S open setups are good for him. I don't know if LACC is going to be great, but like him driving it and keeping it, in the fairway, long and straight, ball striking. Um, I think he missed the cut at Brookline last year. I, I, I would, lo- I want to see his game evolve around U.S. Opens. My brother claims to have played with Seamus Power at his country club. <laughs> well, you don't believe him? I know you're in on him this week. What probability do you think he makes the cut? I mean, 
quite quite probability. I don't know, like uh, 70%, 65%, right? I mean, if you look at his outright odds, he's probably 50 or 60 to one. His top 40 number is probably close to even money. And that would mean his cut, his make the cut number would be like minus 150 or 200, right? So I'm talking like 65 to 70%. Seamus Power makes the cut this week. Armita put the link uh, to that shirt in the description. There it is. If you could make Kyle Porter's bet of 25 wins in the next 10 years with Justin Thomas, who would your choice be or choices? Boy, first off, two and a half wins a year is hard now, and it's only going to get harder. Like a lot harder. Um, first name that pops to mind was Morikawa. Young, elite skill set, proven winner. He could win two or three times a year. Uh, and he's got 10 really good years. Like, you could never pick Rory here, unfortunately. It's like, you just can't. Um, I think the answer is Colin. Xander, maybe? I think I think the answer is Colin. If there's not somebody I'm... I would love to, I would love to pick Sung Jay. I'd love to pick, you know, Tom Kim, but the truth is winning's hard and I got to have somebody who's proven it to me already. So give me the best prolific winner. Who's young and has an elite skill set. As I'm racking my brain, thinking about these people, it, it has to be Colin. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Hey, Rick, sorry I was late. Would you be able to explain exactly what core cascading is? Thanks for all your great content. You're the first DFS golf provider that I learned how to. Uh, oh, also first cut thumbs up. Thank you. Um, I will. There, there's a video for this. Maybe Armina can find it and put it in the chat, something like that. But um, very short, you choose six golfers and then you swap out uh, one of those golfers in each one of the lineups. I have a video somewhere. I, I actually think it is, on a playlist on my YouTube channel that shows you exactly how to do that. But it's just a, a simple swap out, swap in system for 20 lineups that allows you to get super, super exposed to six golfers while um, making subtle changes along the way. I'm pulling up my betting card, which is the next question. So I'm logging in. Also, I'm 13 and seven in the Circa Millions as I log into the app. Is that any good? It's not really, but it's like above average, like 700th out of 4,000. But plenty of time left. Lots of weeks in the season to go. All right, this week I have bet. I think I made five bets. Okay, here we go. Taylor Montgomery, 25 to 1. Tom Hoagie, 45 to 1. Emiliano Grillo, 50 to 1. JT Poston, 55 to 1. Seamus Power, 60 to 1. So I'm living in that second tier which is where I would like to live. This is back to basics for me. This is this is a vintage Rick card, the way that I would set it up. I am hoping we do not get wiped by Patrick Cantlay. Um, I'm buying low on Poston. I'm in on Montgomery, obviously. And um, who else? Seamus and Hoagie. Hey, Rick. Hello, Oliver. Callum Taren has scored well in three of his four starts at TPC courses. How do you feel about him this week? Interesting. Let's look. Oh, Eli Mitchell says, keep Callen on the DL. So maybe there's some uh, stuff brewing here. Okay. The good news about Callum is he's got the skill set we want, which is approach and putting generally. He can be very bad with the putter, but he can be very good. He can be very good on approach, and he generally is. He can be kind of bad. But this is this is, in general, the stat profile that we want. The only problem, so here's what we need him to do. Keep it in play off the tee, which he can do. Don't lose four strokes around the green. Lean into your skill set, and that could be a pretty good week. Coming off the tee 13 in Jackson, where he gains six and a half in the ball striking categories, and he's got one, two, three, four, five top 25s in his last seven. It's pretty good. He's, He's actually played very well. It's a good call. He's play, what I kind of like is when he's not going to play well, he just punts it, right? Miss the cut, miss the cut. So you can see when he plays well, it's plus 10 and a half, plus six, plus 10, plus five and a half, plus four, plus seven. That's pretty good. I'd rather that than have it be plus three every single week and he finishes T27, right? Like that's a pretty good stat profile. Sorry, we're not going to keep it on the down low. 
Hi, Rick. Longtime follower, Rick Run, good member, and in the run and done. I'm enjoying the run and done so far, but any thoughts on zigging and zagging when ownership reflect heavily on your content? So for sure, that contest is definitely going to be impacted by um, some of the content that comes out more than more than most. So I would not, which is why I try to be like, ah, you know, here's like three or four guys that I would consider for one and done. I think Andy and I covered a couple of different guys. I, I think like if you want to play Aaron Wise, I think that's probably the right play. If you wanted zig or zag, um, I have no problem with you going to Max Homa, right? Finding an elite player who's already been used, who has bad course history. If you wanted to, I, I don't love using Cantlay or Sungjae, but if you really wanted to, fine. I actually did not play any of those guys I just named. So I did zag a little bit. I, I went further down the board. So... I think maybe you, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's a lot of good options this week. It's very early in the year. Rick, what kind of beard trimmer do you use? Provide uh, exact model info. Okay. No problem. Just got a new one. And it is um, very quiet. We were actually just joking about it. It's like unbelievably quiet. It is, um, I was like, is this thing even on? First of all, I'm not getting paid for this. It is the Panasonic cordless men's beard trimmer with precision dial. I believe the model is ERGB42K. Type that in. Type that into Google and see what pops up. Has anyone talked about Kucher? Eh, I think he's fine. He's like, I'm seriously like a five out of 10 on Kucher. I would, I, there's just other guys I'd rather play. If you want to play Kucher, it's a good spot because his distance is not going to be overpowered. He's been playing fine. I just am generally unexcited about it. Any chance the fairway hit percentage info can make the daily showdown cheat sheet similar to the pre-tourney cheat sheet? The fairway percentage hit that, that each golfer has? Probably. Yeah, let me look into that. I'll add it to my list. Tom Kim plus 140 over Aaron Wise. Uh, Well, we'll just run it. Let me just run it. Hold on. I'm going to pull this up on rickrungood.com. We're going to punch in Tom Kim and we're going to go Aaron Wise. What do you want to do? 100 rounds? No, Tom Kim doesn't have 100 rounds. Let's go with like 30. <laughs> sorry, guys. Like 36 rounds. Uh, believe it or not, I have Tom Kim winning this 54% of the time. The only problem is Aaron Wise gains one and two strokes more often, which I really, really like. But Tom Kim gains strokes to the field 75% of the time. Um, so, yeah, if you're getting plus money on Tom Kim, then that is that is probably the side that you want to be on. Only to win outright betting? Question mark? Thanks, Rick. Top finishes seem to be way more safer. Way way more safer of a market. Not going to get any argument there. For sure. <laughs> this is very specific. Rick, thanks for all your hard work. Next time you're at Circa, head out back. <laughs> And go upstairs, second floor at California, and treat yourself to Lappert's ice cream. Delicious. Wow. Thank you, Scott. I might do that tonight. Seriously. Seriously. I might do that tonight. Do they have a non-dairy option? I don't do great with dairy, though, which is unfortunate because I really do love some ice cream. So if I find out that Lappert's has a non-dairy version, I'd be super stoked about it. All right. We're going to wrap up here. We're at, we're at an hour. Let's, uh, let's run through the rest of these. Let's go. If I go with Seamus in my core, do I replace with Kitayama or Dietrich or Denny? Mm, Dietrich's still probably the answer there, even though I like Kitayama, but I mean, Dietrich's been phenomenal. What do you think along? Uh, what do you think Taylor Moore's long-term upside is? Like the 37th ranked player in the world. Did a model that was heavy on Svensson. He's been a lot better as of late. I don't mind that. Got to Ricky Fowler this week playing much better. Yes. Thoughts on Lashley made two cuts to start the year off in decent history here. Good birdie or better birdie to bogey ratio par four from 400 to 450 and the buckets. Oof, a couple of those things I don't like, but let's just look at Lashley in general. Yeah, this is kind of a problem, right? So Nate Lashley might be the most average player on the PGA tour, Right. Like, what would you consider Nate Lashley's strengths to be? What would you consider his weaknesses to be? I mean, nothing. He's basically within a stroke of zero almost every single category. This is almost impossible to do. And he 
And because of that, I think he lacks a lot of upside. Yeah, he's made a couple of cuts out of the gate, but it's T55 and T61. Um, I worry that he's just very average and and maybe slightly above average. I, I worry about upside here. I almost liked him better when he was like really bad or really good. Huh. He, I, I think we should definitely keep an eye on him because this is a very interesting stat profile. And, and I wonder if this is going to continue where he's just a tour average player or, or not, but um, someone to definitely keep an eye on. All right, that'll do it. So it's Wednesday. Uh, might run out to Summerlin this afternoon. If I do, I will tweet some stuff out. Otherwise, I'm going to go eat lunch and I'll be out there tomorrow, probably early in the morning. So if you're going to be out there Thursday morning, that 724 Homa, Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim group, that I'm targeting that group. So uh, if everything goes well, I'll be in that group. Not in that group. That'd be cool though, right? What if they're like, oh, Rick, come on inside the ropes. Here, use my clubs. Play with us. Okay, sure, no problem. Um, and then we'll see about Friday, Saturday. I mean, I'll be out there, but uh, I don't know when or where yet. Okay. Uh, best of luck this week. Thank you for all the support. Subscribe to the channel. I appreciate it. <laughs> Goodbye.